For the one, for the one, for the one. Welcome everybody to another episode of your favorite podcast, I Think I Know Basketball. I'm your boy Keys. And I'm your boy Kyrie. Just a quick reminder to all of you guys, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Our handle is... I think I know underscore BB. Yeah, make sure you follow us on all those platforms. Like, comment, share, all that good stuff. Let's let's start it off with a little bit of fun stuff. And also, we got a special guest in the studio for this one. Hmm. My dad. Okay. How's it going, dad? What's up? I told him not to talk so he wouldn't mess up the pod. You can say hi. Uh, just scream it. Hey, guys. Oh, hey, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so here's my dad. Shout out to him for this story. So... Wednesday night's game, the Los Angeles Clippers and the Houston Rockets boasted a little bit of father-son activity on the court. I'm talking about Doc Rivers, coach of the Los Angeles Clippers, and Austin Rivers, formerly of the Clippers, but now with the Houston Rockets. So Doc used to coach his son. Now he he doesn't. Doc used to coach his son a few different times, actually, but now no longer does. Yeah. So first, a little bit about us. So when I was in seventh grade, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Catholic school in Indiana... We couldn't find a coach to run my middle school basketball team, so my dad volunteered for the job. Shout out to your pops. Absolutely. He came through in the clutch. Now, the team wasn't very good. We did not go winless, but we weren't very good. Shout out to your dad. Even though he's a bad coach, he still gets an A for effort. He didn't have a whole lot to work with, if I got to say so myself. You wasn't his best player? I was the best player. Okay, okay. I was okay. You're nice, though. So I, I was know. okay, but, you know, even back then, I was like 5'4", and everybody else was still taller than me by then. So, okay. you know, it's not, not always the easiest thing to do. But anyway, if nothing else, it was funny enough watching him get pissed off at <laughs> random shit that, like, I would do uh-huh, or, like, uh-huh. my teammates would do during the game. I can relate a little bit to this Austin and Doc Rivers story. What happened with Doc Rivers and Austin? In the fourth quarter of Mm -hmm, this mm -hmm. Clippers-Rockets game that the Rockets would go on to win. Yes. Doc was getting into it a little bit with the refs, and Austin was on the court at the time, walked up to the referees, and was gesturing like crazy for them to tee up his dad. Wait, 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 wait. wait. So so, so Austin Rivers wanted the referee to give his dad— To throw a technical on his dad. That's crazy. He was like in front of the referees just like, oh, yeah, throwing the tee sign up, like like trying to like prime him into it, and eventually— Doc went hard enough where they did tee him up and eject him from the game. And Austin was just like, bye. Like, Do you, do you think that Austin cheering on the ref made Doc go I, harder? I don't think so, but I, I would like to think it did, though. Like, come on, man. That's your son over there trolling. You, you probably didn't even notice him because he was mad about the game itself. Yeah. But, you know, like, come on. Like, that was a masterful troll job by Austin <laughs> Rivers. We actually got a clip from Austin's comments after the game. And it's pretty yep. funny. I'm going to yeah. play it right now. Get him out of here, man. Yeah, get him out of here. Uh, I don't know. That made my night, though. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, we got the win. My dad got thrown out. It's a good night. So. For all the sons who wanted to piss off their dads in the middle of a basketball game everywhere, I didn't get the chance, but thank you, Austin Rivers. Much appreciated. <laughs> well, first off, there's fun, there's business, and then there's family. You don't think that this crossed the line? Nah, man. And, and the other thing, too, being that that line has probably been crossed so many times with them already because he's coached Austin for so many years now. But it's Austin's like, never got him kicked out of a game. But, you, you, I mean, like Doc if, got himself kicked out of this one. 
This is true. This is true. It wasn't it wasn't Austin that got him, but he definitely helped. It listen, all I know is Thanksgiving's gonna be weird at the Rivers house this year. Yo, man, like I wanna be a fly on the wall for that. <laughs> like can, can I just see the Rivers family busting on Doc for Austin getting them teed up? It's pretty funny. I would it's love that. Funny. So speaking of that game between the Rockets and the Clippers. There was some other interesting stuff that went on, and it had to do with Russell Westbrook and Patrick Beverly. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to get to the history, but let me just start with what happened at the end of the game. At the end of the game, Russell Westbrook did a a post-conference interview, and he just pretty much said Patrick Beverly was just running around out there, and you guys call that defense. It's like he's just running around doing a lot of movement. That's not defense. James Harden gave him 47 points. You call that defense? Like, that's me paraphrasing, but it's pretty much what he said. Now, just for a little background, between Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook, this is what the issue is. In the 2013 playoffs, Patrick Beverly lunged for the ball, and he kind of lunged and hit Russell Westbrook's knee, and that caused Russell Westbrook to tear his meniscus. And this was in the playoffs, and that was in 2013. Then the next year, same situation, but... There was no injury, and they had to be separated because clearly Russ is like, you know, he's aggressive. He's like, dude, what the, f-? you know what I'm saying? You injured me last year, and now you're doing the same thing this year. So that happened. In the 2017 playoffs, Russell Westbrook returned the favor. <laughs> he just kind of, he didn't really dive at Patrick Beverly. He went to go steal the ball and just kind of gave him one of those real hard swipes where it's like you're clearly not swinging for the ball. But then in 2018, last year when Russell Westbrook played for the Oklahoma City Thunder, mm-hmm. what happened is... Patrick Beverly got a flagrant foul because he dove for the ball at Russell Westbrook's knees, and it was like instant flagrant because there's clearly been a history. I mean, every time these dudes play, this stuff happens. So at that game that happened on Wednesday night between the Clippers and the Rockets, Russell Westbrook and Patrick Beverly started to get into it again, and at the end of the game, Russell Westbrook let him have it. Now, with that being said, Russell Westbrook is wrong. He is wrong. He's wrong. According to the numbers. So what's the numbers? So the numbers are that when Patrick Beverly guarded James Harden, because that was the whole crux of the thing. The whole crux. James Harden gave him 47. Yeah, James Harden gave him 47. Yeah, well, apparently when Patrick Beverly was the primary defender on James Harden, Harden went 0 for 6. Not Mm. a single bucket. Mm. So that's one thing that I I always wonder about, right? Mm. You know, like when you play basketball Mm. and like like somebody be over here talking about like, oh yeah, like I gave you like all these points, but they only scored like one basket on you or they didn't score at all. But just because they put up 10 points in a game or something like that, then all of a sudden like they gave you the business personally. Like don't, doesn't that annoy you? It, It annoys the hell out of me. Because it's like, fam, I wasn't even sticking defense on you. Like, why are you talking all that trash? Like, play defense on me and let me play defense on you the whole game. Let's lock each other down and then talk that trash. You know what I'm saying? But that's not what's happening. Yeah. So Another question. Obviously, a lot of this is being instigated by Patrick Beverly. You know, mm-hmm. he's, he's an irritant. He likes to get in your face. He likes to get under your shirt. He likes to try to make you mad. He's like mini Draymond. You know what I mean? Here's a question. <laughs> you know how I feel about Draymond. <laughs> I know how you feel about Draymond. So my question is, how do you feel about Patrick Beverly? Do you think he takes it too far? Um, I like his aggressiveness because he's... He's unapologetic with it, and it doesn't seem sneaky. 100%. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't seem sneaky or slick or anything like that. It's like, nah, he's no, going to get up. Face. He's going to play A1 defense on you. The difference between him and Draymond to me is Draymond's just tough at certain times. And it's just like, ugh. But Patrick Beverly's Patrick Beverly. That man is on the beach practicing in Tim's. 
in Thames. You know how hard that is? People can't even walk in the winter no, in Boston man. in Thames. He's on the beach running, doing agility trills. <laughs> no, this man's hardcore. In Thames. So it, I, I don't know. I like it, him. It's like this man has been who he is since he was like in high school. That's what I'm saying. So it's like you know what you're getting with Patrick Beverly. If you if you sign Patrick Beverly to your team, you're signing him for that kind of that edge, that aggressiveness, that defense. You're not yeah. signing him for offense. Now, if you sign Draymond Green right now, what are you necessarily signing him for? For the 10 10 10 triple double? Yeah, the 10 10 10 triple double. <laughs> okay, but but you know but you know what it's like that meant you know, he brings a winning mentality. He's a he's a great defensive player, but in terms of having that edge, I feel like he's that kind of dude that sometimes annoys me cuz he'll be like Draymond's the kind of dude who hits like 1 3 out of 6 and then he's over here like flexing down the court. And I'm just kind of like that's what I'm saying. Bruh. I don't like but like like I explained in one of our past episodes yeah. I don't like it when it's on the other team. If Draymond was on our team, I'd you like it. You would take that. And, but, you would but, take that in But heartbeat. the difference, like I said, between Draymond and Pat Beverly, I like Pat regardless of what team he's on because he's just him all the time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so. I kind of wish the Bulls had been able to sign him. But, you know, he went to the Clippers and he's in a much better situation because the Bulls are bad and the Clippers are one of the best teams oh, in the West. It still surprises me that the Bulls are as bad as they are, but whatever. Yeah. Absolutely. I want to switch over and talk about some of the big picture impressions from the Eastern and Western Conference and where the league sits right now. So Celtics are the best team in the league. You already know it. You know what, dude? You're missing your Celtics hat today. Where's it at? Oh, why'd you say that? I thought about that before oh, we recorded. Man. You said it. Now they're gonna lose. What? Well, I, I got. Well, here's the thing. I, I mean, I gotta call it out for the sake of the no, listeners. You're right. You're man, right. You're, you're right. Like you're right. I don't got my Celtics hat on today. But man, the Celtics are gelling, and I really feel that they're the best team in the NBA. So we're going we're gonna to get to that. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about some of the best teams in the league right now. Mm-hmm. I already know who you think it is. Yep, yep. Um, who's under the radar and who's maybe been disappointing so far we want to see more from. So mm-hmm. um, let's start off with the Western Conference. So, okay. so the Blazers are the one team that me and you was talking yeah. about that aren't really in the playoff picture or in the top, in, in the top tier yeah. of the Western Conference. Yeah, but for the most part, everything mm-hmm. else has shaken out more or less the way we thought. So we got the Lakers. Uh, here's the thing. We got the Lakers at the top. I thought they would be in the top two. I had to say they've been outperforming my expectations. The defense, man. You know, Braun is really playing defense. Yo, I'll tell you what. So there there's a, there was a little bit of statistical analysis that I share with Marquise today mm-hmm. that was looking specifically at the different, you know, scenarios in which LeBron plays defense. Man-to-man, yep. pick-and-roll, and you know on dribble handoffs. Yep. LeBron James is in the 87th percentile in mm-hmm. man defense. This dude is 34 years old. He's going to be 35 next month and he's playing this is not an exaggeration. This dude is playing elite defense again. Every time, I did not think I would see that again. Every time he posts something on social media, he uses the hashtag washed king. And I love it because he's not washed, but that's what people try and say. He's not he's not washed and he's motivated. He's and motivated. He, and he's smart. He's so much he's smarter now. You know what I'm saying? I feel like you can you can clearly tell that he's going hard, but not as hard as he can go. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, okay, Braun, you've taken your game pacing in your energy management or whatever you want to call it to a whole new level this season. You know what I'm saying? Like your in-game management is just crazy. Like he's doing a really good job at just being himself. And he can afford to do that because he's got Anthony Davis. He can can throw the ball in the post and then chill for a second, then maybe make a cut or have Anthony Davis pass it out of the post. He can swing it around. He doesn't have to put all the burden on himself right now because he's got – a guy, and, and it's been a little bit of an adaptation because Anthony Davis isn't necessarily the traditional kind of big guy 
that a LeBron James loves playing with. He's no, got a no. little bit. He, he can shoot a little bit, but he's not naturally a pace and space. I mean, Anthony Davis started out as a point guard. Yeah. So it's like you can see that with his handle. It's like he has kind of like a hybrid big man that's a point guard and can take control of the game. Like I watch Anthony Davis grab rebounds and run straight down the court and do his thing. You know what I'm saying? And there's not many big men in the league that can really do that as fluently and effortlessly as he's doing. Yeah, the well-rounded skill set because mm-hmm. he can beat big dudes off the dribble. You can give it to him in the post and he can shake you down with a variety of moves. And he's getting bigger and stronger to the point where he's backing dudes down and dunking on him in the lane like he's a 290 pounds. And he's not. Has he hit his peak? No. No. And no, that's, that's no. what's scary. No. Like, that's scary. Because, because, dude, I'm telling you, the shot. He's a decent shooter now. He's a decent shooter. Mm-hmm. If he figures out how to make himself, it, like, he if, can if shoot. he raises that game yeah, a yeah. level to, to make that three-point and that mid-range even better, mm-hmm. like, come on, man. I mean, he's shooting off the dribble now, you know, turnaround fadeaways. It's, it's, it's very interesting watching the development of Anthony yeah. Davis. But, yeah, what other teams in the Western Conference are you kind of surprised with? I'm really surprised with the Phoenix Suns. Mm-hmm. And I know you got them on your list and yep. you and you want to keep on watching them. I, I didn't see it. I did not see it coming, especially when DeAndre Ayton, their big pick from last year, mm-hmm. is out, you know, 25 game suspension for performance enhancing drugs. Drugs. And then you got Devin Booker, who he was he's always a bucket. He is like perhaps the consummate I'm bucket. Save my comments for the Suns till later. Nope, that's fine. <laughs> he he is like the bucket. One thing that surprised me with the Western Conference, which it's not really surprising, but it's kind of mind-blowing, is that the Warriors are in last place. Wow. The Warriors are in last place from first to worst. It was like the first podcast we did when we were breaking down the playoff teams. We both left the Warriors off. And again, it was just like we didn't even think about it because we were just thinking about teams we thought were good and we didn't think the Warriors were good. And now they are cratering they and are, it's something crazy they are in last place like the sacramento kings are better than the warriors right now the memphis grizzlies are better than the warriors right now the new orleans pelicans although they haven't played as many games as the warriors they're better than the warriors right now and they're gonna get zion back eventually yeah, and, and i'm very i'm interested to see what that's gonna look like because you know Zion, Zion. <laughs> Everybody's saying, well, he has to do this. He has to do that. And this, he just needs to play he just his needs damn to, game. I think he just needs to get on the court, start playing, and then you know, start making the adjustments from there. So let's switch over to the Eastern Conference. Who are you liking in the Eastern Conference? Well, I mean, to the surprise of nobody, and I'm, <laughs> I'm going to let you take this away. Tell us about it, Marquise. Listen, Go ahead. Listen, the Celtics haven't lost since game one, and there's really not much to say about it. I mean, they just got Cantor back, and he played, and he seems to fit right in with the offense. Gordon Haywood has broken his hand which is crazy, but it seems to not matter because Jalen Brown is starting to play like the max player that he just signed the deal for. I was really nervous about Jalen Brown and his production. I wasn't sure if he was going to produce at a high level because with that being said, I don't think that any player that has an average 20 points per game in a season should be signing a max deal, but they took a chance on Jalen Brown. He believed in himself and he's delivering. Jason Tatum, delivering. Kimball Walker, delivering. We could talk about the Celtics all the time. Their, their balance is what's most impressive to me. And I was talking with somebody about this earlier today when they were talking about, you know, what happened with Kyrie and, and all that stuff. Toxicity. It's, and, <laughs> but the thing is, like, it's not even just about the toxicity. 
It's about the fact that you had these two young players that you were trying to get to spread their wings and take over and be the guy. And you had somebody who, even if he wasn't being toxic, was kind of stunting that growth because he's taking the lion's share of the shots. He's holding yeah. the ball all the time. I mean, and now you have a situation where ostensibly Jason Tatum is the guy, right? But he's still a young guy. He's still moldable. He's still impressionable. And he's still okay with letting other guys get the ball and yeah. shoot. You want to know something that's very interesting in, in a perspective that I was thinking about when I was watching a couple of their games this, this, this past week? There's no questions of uncertainty for the next few years everyone's locked in except for Tatum I think Tatum's Tatum, gonna get locked T- Tatum's in. gonna get locked in yeah. but everyone's locked in it's no you know Marcus Smart's traveling in a Versace robe to every game and I, I, I love it you know I what I'm saying Smart, and, and and he's locked in Gordon Hayward's locked in Jalen Brown's locked in I mean a lot of these players that they got on their team that are going to be their core are locked in so they really have an opportunity here to continue to gel and grow and do things but one team I'm super surprised with it's the Toronto Raptors. I wow. did not I did not expect the Toronto Raptors to be the number two team in the East. When they lost Kawhi Leonard, I was thinking that he was the whole team. But clearly, the Toronto Raptors president in that organization has put together a good team where it's not really dependent on having a superstar. I mean, even though Pascal Siakam is playing like a superstar. <laughs> I'll, tell, I'll tell you what, man. I, I saw this tweet the other day that was like, apparently we need to just send all young players to Toronto and have them develop there for like a year yeah. and then some to send them back and see because what happens. Because Toronto don't got good strip clubs. See, yep. <laughs> what, what else they got to do? Nothing. Except, Work on their except, game. Except and ball. eat food from Serge Ibaka. Who wants to eat that? <laughs> no. <laughs> but like, dude, Pascal Siakam is averaging 27 points a game and nine rebounds. Whoa, Who saw wait, wait, that? Wait, 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 wait. Say that again. 27 points a game and nine rebounds. He's averaging almost a 27-point double-double. Yo, I didn't even know Pascal Siakam could score that much. No. I thought that what he was doing in the finals last year was a, was a fluke. Yeah, no. It, okay, okay, I don't, okay, let me give him some credit. I don't want to say a fluke, but I thought it was like he was, he was, he was overperforming. Because of the moment, yeah. But, but he's 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 proven that right now. It, it wasn't it wasn't overperforming. This is who he is. He's shooting almost forty percent from three. Like mm-hmm. this guy is. There's going to be a little bit of regression. But I'm telling Kelsey Yakum shooting forty percent from the three point line. I think it's like thirty seven percent right now. That's crazy. Yes, right. I did not see that. Now I didn't there, see that either. There will be a little bit of regression, probably, but. Just the idea that what down that... to twenty four points? Like yeah, I, yeah, I, guess, I guess so. I'm yeah. just that's what I'm saying. It's like it's shocking to me that he's if he can keep this up for the for the duration of the season and into the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? I still don't think that the Raptors are going to win a championship or anything, but it's very shocking to see them at number two in the East. One team that is in the playoff mix right now that I did not see who the Cleveland Cavaliers. What? Yeah, dude, the Cleveland Cavaliers. And and again, it's kind of like a bottom half of the Eastern Conference like is not that great, right? But they have been getting solid play out of Colin Sexton, their first round pick from last year. He's up to almost 19 points a game after a pretty promising rookie season. I remember people kind of dogging his shot selection mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, you know his consistency and you know he's up there leading this team. Kevin Love I'm about is, to say Kevin Love is out here balling. Kevin man. Love still a double double man. Uh, like, literally. Literally. He's a walking double double. He has been a double double for a while and he's gonna keep being one. But you wanna know what I could not understand? 
Who? Tristan Thompson is averaging 16 points a game. And this man has never averaged more than 11. It's because he got rid of Khloe Kardashian. It's, it's like magic. <laughs> it's like, you see how... Yourself, listen, we talk about toxicity with oh Kyrie Irving, man. That toxicity can be off the court, too. Listen, I'm saying, you see Lamar Odom out here flourishing. He just got engaged and all types of stuff. Khloe Kardashian is toxic. And listen, basketball players, stay away from them Kardashians, man. And Ooh, the Jenners. I haven't even heard nothing from Chris Humphreys. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> it's, like, it's like somebody check witness protection for him. But yeah... <laughs> <laughs> you know, Tristan Thompson is averaging 16 points a game. This dude came up and walked into a three-pointer the other day. I've never seen this man shoot a three in my life. That's one thing that's been killing me. Uh, okay, first off, he's been shooting three-pointers. But that play where he was, like, running around backcourt and then did a spin move and shot it from half court with four seconds on the, four, uh, on the shot clock. No, no, Tristan. No. You're doing too much, bro. No, Calm still, down. Yes, yeah, I like, still don't do that. Yeah, like, don't like, do that. Don't get too far ahead of yourself. You want to know what team I'm surprised with? What? The Detroit Pistons. Mm, yeah. I, I'm thinking that they're a playoff contender. You know what I'm they saying? Should I, be. I, they Exactly. They should be. But they're not even in contention right now. Some of it will hopefully be them getting Blake Griffin back up to speed, mm-hmm. doing his thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, So they're, they're kind of easing him back into the lineup. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that might be some of it. The other thing has been Andre Drummond has been in some foul trouble lately. Teams have been attacking him and getting yeah. him on the bench. Yep. And when he's not in the game, it's a problem. their rebounding is... Awful. So let me give you an example. One of the last games they played against the Miami Heat, mm-hmm. Andre Drummond only plays like 28 minutes because he gets in early foul trouble, and mm-hmm. he only picks Which up is still like, a lot of minutes. But yeah, yeah, and, and and he only picks up like one first half rebound or something like that because he just wasn't in the game enough. Yeah, he finished the game with nine rebounds, mm-hmm. and then I believe Bruce Brown Jr., a guard, mm-hmm. had seven rebounds aside <laughs> from that. No one else on the team had more than three rebounds. I mean, but like you said, when they get Blake Griffin back and he's more acclimated to the game, I think that things are going to start to gel for the Pistons. Kind of the same situation with the Sixers. Like once the Sixers kind of get healthy and they're just on the court and they have their team for a few games, they'll start to gel too. Absolutely. Let's get into a quick recap of the teams we were watching last week. Kisa, start off with you. Who are you, who are right. you watching and how did they do? So listen, right, the teams that I was watching last week was the Suns, Oklahoma, and the 76ers. First off, the Phoenix Suns, like we was kind of talking about them a little bit earlier, the Phoenix Suns are the real deal. They almost beat the Lakers, who have one of the best teams in the league. Um, I really feel that a missing piece to their puzzle was Ricky Rubio. Ricky Rubio... He's been outstanding. Playing for the Suns and being the floor general that he is, I think he's averaging something like seven or eight assists right now. He couldn't score. Mm-mm. Now he's developing that game at That's the right a, time. For that the Phoenix is a Suns. that is a dynamic guard duo, man. It really is. I'm I'm majorly impressed with the with the Phoenix Suns. Devin Booker has taken that next step mentally. I feel like I feel like he's not playing like he's a a young player anymore. He's playing like he's a vet, you know, or, or transitioning into a vet. And he has real goals and is and is actively going after that. When I'm watching the Phoenix Suns play, it's like man. Was it really a point guard at all? All you needed was a point guard? <laughs> and, and the thing is, though, it's not even just the fact that Rubio is distributing. It's he's, the fact he's that he, he's, he's, learned, he's learned how to score. He's, he's learned how to be an effective shooter. It I took him a, big, a long time to do it. I think a big factor for the Rubio case is that he's a pass-first point guard. 
you know, Eric Bledsoe, when he was there, he didn't seem like he wanted to be a, a floor general or a facilitator. He's a combo guard. Yeah, he's a combo guard. They don't need a combo guard when you got somebody like Devin Booker who gets buckets. You know what I'm saying? You need somebody that's going to be a floor general and make sure that the distribution of the ball is happening equally throughout the game while you still have a player like Devin Booker who could just take over at any moment. With the Phoenix Suns, they're exactly what I thought they was going to be. I'm, like I'm I said, I, I had them in the playoffs, you know what I'm saying, and, and, and it, is, it is looking good right now. The other team I was watching was the Oklahoma City Thunder, and I feel bad for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, being in that market without like a, a marquee superstar, yeah. it's like they got Chris Paul, but he's kind of on he's the— He's not that guy no he's more. On, exactly. He's on a decline, and it kind of—it's like you don't even hear nobody talking about Chris Paul or nothing. It's just kind of—he's kind of like flying under the radar. He's just there. But like I said, they have a nice young team, a nice young core, and they can make some noise maybe in the future if they can lock some of these players in. But right now, it's not looking good. It's not looking good for the Oklahoma City Thunder, and I actually kind of feel bad for Chris Paul. I mean, they're rebuilding. They knew they were going to be rebuilding, and that's just kind of what it is. And you know, maybe we can look for them to be all right in the next couple of years. They have a bunch guys. of young players that yeah. are exciting to watch, but like you said, you know, are they going to be a playoff contender? Are they going to? Uh, what are they trying to do? They're trying to rebuild. Okay. Well, since you're rebuilding, I guess this this season right here is just a wash. Like, let's just chalk it up. More or less. The third team that I was watching was the Philadelphia 76ers. With the Philadelphia 76ers, they just have to get back healthy. That's all it is. Joel Embiid got suspended. Ben Simmons was out for some of the game against Utah because he sprained his his shoulder, but he's back and. I think that once they kind of start playing together again and just kind of get some more reps in, they're going to start to get it, get it back on track. And when I say get it back on track, it, I don't mean like the Sixers are playing bad right now. I'm just saying you can tell that there's some blips in their chemistry and their flow of the game right now because people haven't been playing. Yeah, absolutely. You want to indulge on your three teams yeah, from last why? week? Yeah, why not? I was checking out the Clippers. So Kawhi Leonard, while he's been good has not been terribly efficient lately. Actually, right now he has the lowest field goal percentage of his career to that's, this point. That does, that's not Kawhi-like. Fun guy's not playing too fun. No, no, indeed. You know, <laughs> so I mean, like, some of his last performances are like 9 of 26 from the field. Or that's like, he had, a, he had a 2 for 11 game where he only scored 9 points. Like, it, it, it's not quite what you expect from him. Like, I think the Clippers still have a really good team, but he's still kind of the lone real big star here. Okay, so you're watching him because you want to see Paul George. Yeah, and and I feel like, you know, the Lakers right now are the best team in the Western Conference. If you bring Paul George back to this mix and he reacclimates himself pretty quickly, then I think you're talking about the Clippers again being the best team in the Western Conference because I think they're deeper than the Lakers. Okay, who's your other two teams? So I was checking out the Bucks, and really when it comes down to the Bucks, you know, mm. it's just a it's a Giannis fest, man. Giannis Listen, we was in a car on the way here to record, and you said Giannis is the best player in the world. Giannis Adetokounmpo is the best player in the league right now. And and here's the thing. Like when I say that, I I'm feel saying like you can't it be the best player without a three-point shot. He's he's hitting 30%. Ooh, you know, and 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 again, that's not necessarily like blowing I mean, the doors off, but for him, that's not necessarily with a hand in his face. But the thing is, like, <laughs> that doesn't matter. They're not gonna try to guard him out there. But that's what I'm saying. Like, he needs to. I just feel like to be the best player in the world, you have to have a well-rounded game. They need to want. They have to want to guard. Like, that's a weakness. 
I get that. You know, you know what I'm saying? And, and I mean, so I didn't say the most complete. Like you're, I, you're right. You're right. I, I didn't you say did that. It, you did it, you and did the thing it. is, like, you know, LeBron James, I'm saying this with the knowledge that LeBron James, it, I think, is still really the best player in the world. He just hasn't. He doesn't have his foot on the gas right now. Mm. Because it's not playoff LeBron. It's not playoff <laughs> LeBron. It's early season LeBron. He's distributing. He's doing his thing. You know, he's, he's still trying to feel out this team. Giannis has been going crazy. Yeah, Giannis. Like, he's, dro- he's dropping like 34 and 38. And he's, he's got five straight 30-point games. He's, he's promising just, wins to kids before games. He's going crazy. And delivering. On, <laughs> he's going crazy on everybody. And this that three-point shot is developing. He's hitting 30%. In, in the regular season right now, before that was just the kind of thing you saw in the playoffs and the rest of his three-point shooting wasn't that good, but he's starting to find it. And I feel like he's going to be really hard to stop if he can continue hitting three-pointers at even that clip. Okay, your third team. I was looking at the Detroit Pistons. We kind of talked about them already. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. think they just need to get healthy and they need to figure out. So I think Blake Griffin really needs to help. Andre Drummond on the boards and he's going to help them in the scoring department as well because again we were talking about like Andre Drummond, Derrick Rose and Luke Kennard being your top scorers. Luke Kennard. Luke Kennard being yeah. <laughs> I, I he balled the other night too. He, he did. He I did. was watching some Luke Kennard Luke Kennard highlights. Shout out to Matthew Stock cuz Matthew keeps sending me texts with pronouncers cuz I keep saying names wrong. Canard. Canard. <laughs> yeah. Luke Canard. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and so when you bring Blake Griffin back, uh-huh. I, I mean, you got to have that because those that top three scoring is fine, but you know, especially Derrick Rose is supposed to be more of a you know third or fourth option in terms of scoring. He's not supposed to be your second leading scorer. I mean, but if he can be, you know what I'm saying? It, it, the fact that he's producing, it's like, I'll, I'll take it. Yeah, and, nah, just, and just throwing the other guy, the third score. It's yeah. like I'm, I'm definitely gonna not stop Derrick Rose from producing. Like, if, if he can do it at a high and efficient think, clip, which you know? he, which he seems to be doing right yeah, now. Yeah, when when he's healthy, when he's healthy, I think that he's he'll like I said last time, he'll never be that MVP player again. But he can still be a pretty good one. He's been proven that the last couple of years. He's still got some gas. Yeah, left he's in definitely those got some gas. Yeah, yeah. So now for who we're watching this week, I'll start this off. Okay. I want to watch the Raptors because, again, I've watched a little bit of them so far. You're but a I gotta Pascal see, Siakam fan. I got to see more of this Pascal Siakam <laughs> thing, man. I really do. I want to check. The guy has a lot of energy. He does. Yeah. I want to watch the Minnesota Timberwolves because I want to see about this Andrew Wiggins thing. Yo, listen, listen. I want to say, we got to put a little bit of respect on Andrew We've been Wiggins. talking mad stuff about yeah, Andrew Yeah, we talked Wiggins a lot of trash pod. about Andrew Wiggins, and he's been showing up <laughs> yeah 25 points a game so far that's the best of his career he threw 40 on the golden state warriors that's so wild. i mean everybody's kind of having a good game against the warriors but i mean still <laughs> like you know he, he's, he's throwing up 30 and 40 point games early on in the season like this, this is, is a this is a different cat than what we've been seeing and so what do you he, think changed it's taken him a long time to figure out what he wants his game to be and figure out a little bit how this distribution is going to work with Carl Anthony Towns. You know, who's going to be the star? Who's going to take you over? You know what? Maybe Carl Anthony Towns taking that next step in his evolution as a player has made it a lot easier for someone like Andrew Wiggins to get more comfortable on the court. Yeah, and, and so if you're looking at Carl Anthony Towns he's as balling. being... He's yeah, balling. He's as, like an MVP candidate right now. As being an MVP candidate, and then you have... The expectations are off a little bit on Andrew Wiggins. So now instead of counting on him being the number one dude that needs to go and destroy everything, now he's a secondary scorer, and I feel like he's thriving. He thriving? I seen a stat line from Andrew Wiggins that said 38-7 and seven 
I was like, who? <laughs> Andrew who? What? Is that that, that Andrew Wiggins? I, a, I don't even wear glasses, but I put glasses on. <laughs> like, who? So did, I was going to say, right. did it have the frames in or not? Did you, did you throw show glasses? I actually put on shades because I was like, man, this is crazy. This, <laughs> this is, is blinding me over here. <laughs> but yeah, no, I definitely want to see that. And also, speaking of which, why does everybody want to fight Carl Anthony Towns, man? Like, I just saw the other day Rudy Gay got mad because Carl Anthony Towns bullied him in the post and backed him in, and Rudy Gay got called for the foul, and it got a little physical in there, but it was no big deal. But Rudy Gay got up in, you know, Cat's face and was trying to talk some stuff, and Carl Anthony Towns was like, who are you talking to, listen, man? Listen, listen, we got to get Jimmy Butler on the phone right now to break this down for us because we he has the inside <laughs> scoop. You know, maybe Carl Anthony Towns came out this year and was like, you know what? I'm not going to let no one disrespect me like Jimmy Butler disrespected me last year. And it seemed like he was calling out Carl Anthony Towns for not balling. And that's what I mean. This year, Carl Anthony Towns has started off so hot. Like, I'm not going to allow that. I'm not going to allow somebody who just came here for one year to say I'm soft. <laughs> like, I mean, Kat's over here like, you know what, Rudy Gay? Let's go ahead and schedule this friendly before the Joel Embiid one. Let me get a warm-up on yo, you. That's crazy. And then I, and then I go take the big man. Kat, is got, he got a whole queue of people he got to fight after this yeah, season. No, seriously, man. <laughs> he's, he's like, oh, you want to fight? Take a number, motherfucker. Let's, like, do, let's, do, let's do this. That's crazy, man. All right. And then the last one, I'm watching the Boston <laughs> oh my God. Celtics. Oh, my God. The franchise of Larry Bird. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, it is Larry Bird's <laughs> franchise. You're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah. But no, I'm going to watch me some Boston Celtics because, uh -huh. like I said, we got to get some non-Keese eyes yeah, on these Celtics and see what's going on. Because I got to say, I, I really like them a lot. Mm -hmm. But I want to get an eye on a little bit of what they're doing and how they're doing this three-headed monster distribution. Well, it's not a three-headed monster right now because... Well, which three-headed monster? Because it's really I'm, ta I'm talking Jason Tatum, Kemba Walker, and Jalen Brown. And Jaylen okay, Brown. Because we no, know Gordon's Gordon, injured. Gordon Hayward's out, but and he was balling because it was a four-headed monster with him. Yeah, it was. Those guys got the potential to average sixty points a night between all three of them. Yep. And so I want I want to see that continue. And I, I've really I've liked Kemba Walker's game for quite a while. And I want to see this keep working for the Celtics because I, I think he's starting to gel. I them. love the fact that Kimba's in a big market now. So now more people can see. Because like you said, I've also been watching Kimba Walker's game for a while, and nothing's different. You know what I'm saying? This is his game. It's just that there's more eyes on it, and they're paying attention. And they're like, wow, what was we watching before? That's pretty crazy, man. Yeah, and you know what? I think, again, with, with Kemba, he's a fearless guy. He's always been the kind of guy to put himself on the line. Mm -hmm. And go for it. He gave so much to the Charlotte Hornets. As a matter of fact, you know, I ought to wonder if that's a potential number somebody would think about because he is the franchise's all-time leading scorer over there in Charlotte. I wonder if they'll talk about retiring Kemba Walker. They might do it. They might someday. do it on sentiment because when the Celtics played the Hornets and he went back there. They love him. They they love him. I, mean, I never I watched the pregame. It just seemed like this guy was hugging the whole city. It's like, you know, everybody in Charlotte, goddamn. <laughs> because dude, come on, man. Like they recognize what he did. They now, recognize how he Now, put if we're it gonna down. talk about sentiment. Kimball Walker's number being retired in Charlotte is one I can see being retired based off sentiment. You know what I'm saying? And production. But, like, I can see sentiment being like, listen, we love this dude. We're going to retire his jersey. I can see him working in their office after he retire. 
from the NBA, depending on how things turn out with the Celtics. Because if Kimball wins a championship with the Celtics, baby, he's a Celtic. He's a Celtic. Hey, man, you can retire somebody's number two different ways. This is true. This is true. This is true. All right, so I'm going to talk about my three teams that I'm going to be watching. That's and right. I'm going to stick with the Phoenix Suns because, like I said, they're the real deal. And I want to see exactly what's going to happen in the next few games coming up. I want to see if Ricky Rubio is going to continue to produce the way he's doing and be the floor general. And I want to see if Devin Booker is going to continue to shoot over 50% from the field. The man is... <laughs> <laughs> right? That's crazy. It's like For a volume shooter, too. Yeah, for a volume. And he's balling. But he's I over really, here chucking up shots all over the place. I like but. his leadership. I like, you know, it makes sense. It makes sense why he don't want to get double teamed in the offseason, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense now. We ain't it's double like, teaming in an open yo, gym, bro. Yeah, we, oh, yes, we nah, are. We ain't yeah. doing that. It's like, I get this all season. It's like, so you get that all season, you at, you shooting at 50%? Damn. Open gym must, they, I can see why the people at open gym was like, we got to double, like, double this guy. <laughs> Forget it, you know? It's like, like, I see double teams all season. It's like, like, well, it doesn't seem to be stopping you. You better get used to seeing them all year. (laughs) It's like, we're going to start seeing triples. My second team I'm going to be watching is going to be the Indiana Pacers. I'm very, very surprised. I like this pick, by the way. I'm surprised with the Indiana Pacers. They are right in the middle of the pack for the playoff hunt right now in the Eastern Conference. And they're doing this without Victor Oladipo and Miles Turner has been injured. And with the addition of Malcolm Brogdon, it's definitely making them gel as a team. And I think that... He's an X-factor. Malcolm Brogdon is an X-factor. I got him on my fantasy team. Mans is averaging 20 points a game. He's averaging over 8 assists per game at 8.5 and 5 rebounds. So he's having a 25 he's and 8. It up. That's what I'm saying. And, like, I don't think people really expected that from him. It seems like he's taking his game to another level. Once Victor Oladipo comes back, Malcolm Brogdon's game may suffer a little bit. But they're also going to have Miles Turner back soon. And that's why I want to watch this team. Victor Oladipo's practicing with the G League team now. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do. All right, who's next? next? My third team, I'm going with the Grizzlies. I'm going with the Memphis Grizzlies. For one reason. It's the same reason I had. Tell them. Ja Morant. The, the homie Morant is balling. He is a star, and he is a star now. He's hitting game winners. Listen, if Zion doesn't come back and average 25, Ja is the rookie of the year. I'm, I'm calling it right now. This man is fearless. I mean, I love everything about the way that he plays. It's crazy watching him play. The team's not even that good. No. But watching him play, he can will everyone on the like you can see that people on his team are watching him play and they believe you know what i'm saying it's like i mean like this is the kind of dude that if there's one guy that does kind of remind me of derrick rose it's him Mm. because because he's he's smaller he's smaller Mm. than rose you don't got as much hops about that oh no no i don't know about that you think y'all can jump higher than derrick rose I mean, coming out of not higher, I, but I feel I feel like coming into the league, they're probably comparable. Man, have you seen this man? This dude can fly. Mm. This dude's got major bunnies. Mm. I, I just don't. I don't think they Derrick Rose bunnies because Derrick Rose was doing well, well, the same thing. Well, because here's here's the thing, like you know, this, back dunks. I mean, Ja. See, Ja's a little shorter too. Okay, that's, okay, that's okay, the okay, other okay, thing. Okay, 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 okay. But and, and Derrick Rose is just like angrier, more explosive, and stuff like that. But I'll tell you what, man, like mm-hmm. Ja will like get up there. And like be hanging in the air on people and like making shots. Like he and, and the main thing that I say that is it's the explosiveness, but it's also the again, he just does not care if you're in his way. He's going around you. Yeah. He's going through you. He's six one, like 180 pounds. He's not big. He's he shooting, just does not care. He's shooting 48% from the field. He's averaging 27 minutes per game. He's averaging 18 points per game, five assists and three rebounds, and he's a rookie. 
and he's a rookie. He's balling. Like Those you said, are, keys to the car, man. They gave, they it to gave him. him the keys to the car. What's interesting is he got the keys to the car. His numbers are kind of similar to R.J. Barrett's numbers. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Except, so, yeah, except that RJ plays for the Knicks. <laughs> I know, which is crazy. It's like, man, RJ Barrett put up the same numbers. We're not even talking about him for rookie idiot because he plays for the Knicks. <laughs> it's like Well, we it's funny though, because we talked about him. We did. You know, did. A, little, a little bit ago. We, we gave him acknowledgement, like, good job, but RJ. It, that's but what you I'm play saying. for the Knicks, bro. But like that, so so John Morant being able to get wins is a factor, I think, in the long haul overall for rookie of the year. And that's why it's gonna be interesting to see. When Zion comes back, because the Pelicans are second to last in the Western Conference. When Zion comes back, are they going to win more? Because if Zion comes back and he's productive and his team's still losing and he's in the same situation R.J. Barrett in, you got to give it to John Morant. you got to give it to because he's doing the same things and they're winning and he's in control. And it's going to be, at least in my mind, with him being the number one guy. And Zion might be that guy, but you're also talking about a team in the Pelicans that has like Brandon Ingram who's been playing well, Lonzo Ball, and kind of these other names, these other dudes who are doing the scoring. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about the Grizzlies, it's kind of the Josh show. It is. I mean, the only person I know, Jay Crowder. <laughs> and that's because <laughs> Jay- he played for the Celtics. <laughs> but yeah, man, that's going to wrap it up for this week's show of I Think I Know Basketball. I'm your boy, Keese. I'm your boy, Kyrie. Make sure you follow us on all of our social medias. Yo, Kyrie, give them them handles. Yo, so check it out. So once again, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Check out I Think I Know underscore BB. Yes. And we'll see you soon. Peace out. Speed demon on the E-way. Cheap gas like Speedway. Easy pass on your throw. Rush plug like Klitschko. I don't panic at the disco. I was trying to meet the distro. Probably hell. So I'm even I was trying to get a railroad. Blue faces, I was dead broke. Dirty pointers in my head low. Wedding cake for the head smoke. See it kicks with them weirdos. Took the pill to a weirdo. Florida beach like Vero. Georgia peach, I'm a hero. 40 p's just a couple knees. Know my chest high, I need a fellow. Overseas for another speed. Know the drip clean, Thero. Hundred haters in my head, though. I'm amazing, I don't care, though. Whip changing every year, though. Beat banging in your head, ho.